In Isis, Sufan sees little that is innovative, and he proposes that this troubling new phenomenon is a manifestation of a familiar one. For 20 years, the global body politic has been infected with a virulent disease, he writes. The name of this malady is Bin Ladenism, and the self-proclaimed Islamic State is merely its most recent symptom. He downplays the rifts between Al-Qaeda and ISIS and minimizes the latter's religious claims by suggesting that it is primarily a political phenomenon, even to some degree an outgrowth of the secular Iraqi Ba'ath party of Saddam Hussein. A number of former Ba'athist Iraqi army officers worked for ISIS in its early days. Sufan gets many things right. He identifies strategic differences between al-Qaeda and ISIS, including ISIS's decision to overcome bin Laden's aversion to state-building and declare a caliphate in its territory. Bin Laden advised his followers to avoid that step. Controlling territory and basing al-Qaeda leaders there would create targets for the group's enemies and demands from local populations for security and other services that al-Qaeda could not hope to provide. Instead of creating a state, bin Laden encouraged fragmentation. Sufan likens this strategy to that of McDonald's, which offers its franchises significant autonomy. Compare that model to that of Starbucks or White Castle, whose every branch is overseen by a corporate mothership. Sufan also places deserved emphasis on Abu Musab al-Zarqawi, the Jordanian founder of the al-Qaeda-linked group that broke away and became ISIS. As Sufan writes, Zarqawi pushed al-Qaeda's brutality to unprecedented levels and followed bin Laden's sectarianism to its logical conclusion. Bin Laden and Zawahiri agreed with Zarqawi in theory, but objected in practice. They pleaded with Zarqawi to restrain himself, for example, in his massacres of Iraqi Shiite civilians. The older jihadists argued that although many Shiites were wicked, many others were just ignorant— and that in any case, butchering them on camera did not advance the Sunni cause. But an uptick in savagery was not by itself responsible for the changes of the last decade. And the factor that most distinguishes ISIS from its predecessor is precisely the one Sufan overlooks, its emphasis on Islamic theology and law. Sufan assures readers that jihadists are not experts on religion, Believe me, I have interrogated enough of them to know, he writes. Put four in one room, and they will state 50 different opinions and pronounce 20 fatwas. That may have been true in 2005. Since then, ISIS has made religious questions the core of its mission. It enforces orthodoxy on topics such as who qualifies as a Muslim, whether Muslims may live in non-Muslim lands, how an Islamic state should administer itself, and when Muslims should overthrow their leaders. Al-Qaeda was political first, religious second. It was conspiratorial, an exclusive club of operatives, and practical. ISIS is religious first and political second. It is public, non-exclusive, and religiously uncompromising, no explanation of the past decade's jihadist Great Awakening makes sense without taking into account that contrast. In preferring to see continuities between al-Qaeda and ISIS, Sufan joins numerous other terrorism analysts who were caught flat-footed when ISIS went global in 2013 and 2014. 
He is somewhat rarer in maintaining that view three years later. Back then, those who saw ISIS as just another Al-Qaeda franchise tended not to worry much about its novelty and ambition as a terrorist organization. Unlike Al-Qaeda's affiliate in Yemen, ISIS didn't have a known wing devoted to spectacular attacks, such as airline bombings. Unlike the Taliban, it didn't seem determined to march on a national capital. Instead, it appeared content to putter in the desert, pathetic and mostly harmless. It controlled nothing of value. It threatened no interests of the United States. In early 2014, U.S. President Barack Obama famously referred to the group as the JV team of jihad. It is strange to say this now, but at the time, it seemed that the best strategy for defeating ISIS was to let it do its thing and eventually wither. But what looked like the runt of the al-Qaeda litter was in fact...